and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Welcome, careering listeners. I am on today with Alicia Mandel, who's the principal of the Medius Advisory Group. She's here to talk to us a bit about um, females in leadership roles, something she really knows a lot about because she's also held positions at the University of Phoenix and the Olympics. Welcome, Alicia. Hi, welcome. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for having me. I'm so, so happy to have you on the show. I think you're going to add so much value. And I want to just jump in because I read a blog post about that you put together last week. And I was like, we've got to get this woman on the show to talk about this. So give me, you know, the blog post I'm talking about. I do. Okay. So I'm going to have you tell the story versus me tell our listeners what happened. And then we'll kind of jump into what we think. Okay. I'm going to tell you a very abbreviated version of the story. But the fact is I was at a dinner with 14 men and me, all from the same industry, but across the table of 14 people, probably everyone knew five or six people. So not everyone knew everyone at the table. So we had cocktails first where we were standing up, walking around, sort of mulling around, introducing ourselves to each other. And then we sat down at an outside table. I want to stress outside because when you're with 14 people, so we were sitting outside And it was a very long table. So I was at one end. And then later, after the dinner had started, some a new person, a new man came into the came into the dinner and sat down at the other side of the table. So he didn't have a chance. We did not have a chance to meet. Okay. So at the end of the dinner, when we were still all sitting down, the guy that showed up late was also leaving early. So he stood up and walked around the table to say goodbye to everybody. And I had never met him but neither did the person sitting two people down from me and several others at the table. So when he was walking by the table, he stopped to introduce himself to every person at the table. And then he introduced himself. And then he said goodbye to them. And then he walked right by me. He literally like walked right around me. And it was, there was a heater, one of those big heaters behind me. So he had to sort of, he couldn't really walk directly behind me behind right. me. He had to walk around the heater. He had to make an actual I, pass. <laughs> so I thought, you know, like, well, then he's going to walk around the heater and then come over. And I was just observing. And, and honestly, I really didn't care if I was introduced to him or not. Right. Like right. there was no reason why I couldn't have stopped and said, Hey, let me introduce myself, which in any other circumstance, I think I would have done. But I, I started getting really curious because he walked around me and then yeah. walked over to the, to the gentleman that was sitting next to me and said goodbye to him who he knew. Uh-huh. And then he went around the table to the guy that was across from me and introduced himself and said goodbye and then two more kept going down more and then left. So basically he, everyone at the table, he introduced himself except you. <laughs> yes. And, and I think it, it like this part is not in the blog, but just as I'm thinking about it, if the heater wasn't there behind me, I think it would have been more visible to people that he just mm-hmm. literally skipped over me. Mm-hmm. But because the heater was behind me, he had an opportunity to walk all the way around it and just miss me. Like I am uh, no skinny malink, right? Like I was not hidden behind. The- <laughs> Don't get me wrong; I was not hidden behind the heater. 
<laughs> right. Well, and, and I think air, I have a loud <laughs> mouth. I am not somebody that's like quietly sits by. Right. Yes. I'm, and I'm those of you who up. don't know Alicia and are just being introduced for the first time, this is no shrinking violet. Like Alicia, <laughs> when Alicia is at a table or an event, you know, Alicia is there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So he obviously didn't know that, right? He didn't know me. So the interesting part is I'm not saying this because I think that guy was a jerk. Although there are some people that responded to my blog post that said, I don't care what you say, that guy's a jerk. That is not at all what I'm trying to say. I, I really am not. What I'm trying to say is the other men at the table, especially the man that was sitting directly next to me. Yes. Are allies of women. Yes. They are not people that would say, oh, you know, women don't belong in the executive ranks. Not only would they not say that, I think that they would consciously and cognitively do what they could to help promote women. Many of those at the table. I believe that to be true. Yet the interesting thing to me and the experimental thing was they did not notice Yes. None of the other people, the 14 at the table, noticed that he did not introduce himself to me or say goodbye to me. Yes. So I, there's so much to unpack in this story. Yes. That, like, There's a number of different things I want to talk to you about today. And when I did read the blog post, I was like, okay, this has to be a careering episode because this there's so many things. One, the fact that the gentleman didn't introduce himself. So like that, you know, and like you said, that would be bad enough. Two, that no one at the table noticed or did anything to step up and ensure that didn't happen. And three, this we didn't talk about this because you're the only female at the table, but because this happens a lot, what I want to explore today is as females, not like what do we expect the men to do, but as females, how do we keep this from happening when we're in a position of power? So let's like really jump into what all of this means. You knew a lot of the guys at the table. Yeah. I've done a lot of work in the last year in general about being allies so let's start with the people at the table. If, if you see this happening when you're at a table or, or any event, what would you have liked to have happened in that circumstance? What could have been different about that event? Well, I think a couple of things. One is obviously the obvious one where the guy could have introduced himself to me, yes. making me feel a peer to everybody else, right? Yes. I completely felt like a peer to everybody else at that table, regardless of if he stopped and introduced himself or not. He is not somebody that's going to damage my self-esteem in right. that way. But if there was a younger woman who was the one sitting at that table or somebody that wasn't as outspoken or and, and and I think that I was young once too, and I wasn't so outspoken. I, I was a little bit more insecure in my, in myself and of my course. ideas. Yes. And if that were the case, that could have actually mattered to me right. about that, what that guy did. Yes. So that's one thing is the, the obvious one is the guy could have introduced himself to me. Yes. But another thing is that the really important thing I think is that the people that were allies at the table mm-hmm. were blind to it. Yes. So it, it wasn't that they were trying not to be helpful to me. It was that they didn't see it. So what can we, so the question then is what can we do as women to, and you know, people of color, because I don't want to dis- diminish that this happens with all bias, right? right. I just happen yes. to be a woman. And so what could the allies do to increase their visibility of this thing, to bring the unconscious into the conscious so that they can do something about it? Yes. Certain that if all of them said, if I noticed it, I would have definitely introduced you. 
Yeah. And I think this is a really important point about this story. And you and I were talking about this before we got on the air. Again, I mean, you kept saying it's not that they didn't do anything. It's that they didn't even notice it occurred. And that that is the big piece of this puzzle. If the gentleman, not gentlemen, sorry, take that out. If the men in our lives are not even noticing this is happening, then what do we do as women to ensure that we start getting them to notice and we notice each other? So, you know, that's uh, really the question. So as this story was mulling in my mind, you know, like I just didn't do anything about it. I didn't, (laughs) I just didn't really do anything about it until the next day when I saw in a more formal business meeting, a coaching session actually with one of the people that were at the table with me. And I explained to him the story and he said, I didn't see it. Yeah. And then I sent a note to another guy that I knew that was sitting down the far end of the table that knew the guy really well. It was his friend, okay. actually, is why he came in. And he was appalled, appalled at the whole situation. And yeah. we went back and forth a few times. And I actually I actually had updated my blog to, to describe this conversation because yes. he said, what if he's just shy around women? Which is, you know, a very legit question, but absolutely... Not it's, it's not appropriate, <laughs> right? Like there are people that are shy around women, but I don't have the luxury of being shy around men. Right. Is my point, right? Like, That's such a good point. Like you're sitting there with 14 men, one woman among 13 other men. So it's like, what if you were shy around men? Like I <laughs> clearly I wouldn't have been at that table and then nothing, and then you know, yeah. that whole situation wouldn't have happened. But well, and, you know, I at the table, I'm like, oh, the reason you invited me, I understand that I'm the token estrogen here. There's yeah. way too much <laughs> at this table without me. Right. Well, and I've had so many experiences like that. You know, I'm an automotive as well. And so I've been almost surrounded my entire career by men. And personally, I love it. I've always done really well with relating to men and women. But I there have definitely been times where I have been mistaken for the wife, the administrative assistant the intern booth babes at shows. Like I'll have people, I literally had a client reach out, someone reach out to a client of mine at one point and say, oh, that booth babe at your show was so engaging. And, you know, we got to laughing because it's like, what? He didn't realize (laughs) I was a part of the business and knew what the heck I was talking about. I was the head of marketing at that time. So I think, you know, and these are examples, obviously not of the men around your table, because it sounds like all of these men were your friends and would come to your aid again, if they had seen what had happened. But this is a pervasive problem in our country and world for that matter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like you said, we're not, we're no shrinking violets. So if this had happened to younger women or women who maybe did not feel as comfortable in the company of men, it might be devastating to them. So let, no, let's change it up. Let's say there's 13 women at the table. What do we do as leading women who in our own right have power to help these things not happen anymore? I think there's a couple of things that we could do. The first thing though, I think goes back to communicating or bringing to consciousness that which is unconscious. That's why I wrote the blog. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That's why I'm thrilled that we're talking about it on a podcast because now more people will see it and hear it, especially during this time of late in a pandemic where it's really been impactful to women, women leaving the worst for us yes. in droves. Because yes. regardless of how far we've come since the days of Mad Men, 
right? We are still the primary t- caretakers of children, regardless if we're the breadwinners. Yes, I was the correct. breadwinner in the family, and my husband stayed at home for many years. But still, I was the one that came home from work and gave them baths. And, you know, he was great as the stay-at-home dad, but there's yeah. not a replacement, sorry to say, for a mom, regardless if you're working or if you're not working. I totally agree. And I there's so many studies that have come out about the double toll right now, the double shift that's happening with moms. It's insane. So, yeah. So raising the awareness and still talking to men, sharing the stories, sharing the conversation that says, you know, hey, I I noticed that you didn't notice this. Let me bring it to your attention. And by the way, please don't be defensive about it, right? It's the defensive, I think, that makes some women not want to share their experiences because they just don't feel like having the battle or the fight. Right. I was lucky in that the people that I that I had the conversation with, the two men that were at the table that I had the conversation with were both not at all defensive. And they really, they really listened. Yes. Um, The second thing I think, you know, if there was another woman there, I will tell you, if there was another woman there and I saw that happen to her, Uh I would have been like, excuse me, let me introduce you to so-and-so. I would have seen it and I would have introduced her. I think I would have done the same thing. I was thinking after your post, I was like, okay, what would I have done if I had been the other woman at that table and I had seen that happen? And I think I would have not only introduced you, but introduced myself because it sounds like he would have passed over both of us. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So if he, if there was another woman at the table, I would have supported the other woman by introducing her and therefore introducing myself. Some I did get some comments on my blog post that were like, well, you know, sometimes it's important for women to introduce themselves. Of of course I know that, right? I, I, and I have not, again, I have not gotten to the place that I have in my career by not introducing myself. I'm very comfortable (laughs) introducing myself. This to me was an experiment in what the hell was going on. Yes. Yes. So the story was not about, you know, me taking control for myself and introducing myself. But to your point, Lori, exactly. If there was another woman there, I would have introduced her and also myself at that time. Well, and I think it's so cool. It's it's so cool that we're having this discussion right now because it it weaves in beautifully with just a couple of weeks ago, I took an I Am Remarkable session from Google. And in it, they talked about different ways we can step up and help other women. Well, one of the biggest things they found actually is the way women are interrupted quite a bit when they're at the board table, but they talked about ways other women can step up to help. And it was seeking out other women and introducing them. That was a big one. Another big one was like not taking credit for someone else's work or advancements or ideas if she it's a female. Like it was very important to help bring up the women at the table to the level you're at, especially if you're a leader. And then the third was to attribute ideas correctly. So, and if you see the woman not speaking up, you speak up for her and talk about her engagement and the things that she's created on her behalf. And it just really was a light bulb moment for me because I thought, oh, it's, I don't want to say feminism. That tends to be like a four-letter word in most people's idea. But the idea of female empowerment is not I continue, like you're saying, to introduce myself. It's also how can we let the other women at the table know that they're important, they need to be listened to, and that they have value. Yes. And I think men would say the same thing, right? It's like, for me, it's even worse when women can't see that. Right. Yes. I just don't get it. 
And there are plenty of women like, and I think that's why I really enjoy working with men. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a man hater. I love men. I right. love being around with them. I love working with them. I love working for them in most cases. Yeah. In many cases, more than I do with women, because the women that are my age that I sort of came up with, I feel like it had to act like men. Yes. And so they, they did And like blocked out everything else. And I just, I I don't know if you're allowed to, there's, there's a special place in hell for women that don't support other women. (laughs) Well, and I do have, I do. No, you can totally say that. That's completely open on this podcast. I think that is changing though. And it's so beautiful to see, like I'm a part of a female support group in our automotive group who we put together behind the scenes. It's not like put together by any association or it's a group of women who have like-minded ideas, want to support each other and kind of came together on their own. But one of the women had been working in automotive for quite a while, left to raise her kids. So left the industry for about 10 years came back and she was like, I have seen more in the last three years in terms of empowerment of women than I did in the first 20 that I worked before I went out. So her perspective was so interesting. It's like, she's seen both sides and she was saying there's a lot of acceleration of this women supporting women. That's great to hear. So good to hear. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. And I would say probably I speak with women across the board, not just in automotive, you know, across a lot of industries. And I would say that's, that is the case uh, across most industries is that women are finally understanding that one of the ways men have been able to get ahead so quickly is by the support and through the support of other men. And women are like, wait a minute, we are not against one another. How can we all collectively, you know, make ourselves rise? Yeah, that's great. I think one thing that I like to say to leaders that I coach is talk well about people behind other people's back, right? Yes. Not never talk poorly behind someone's back, but talk well about them, right? So just how you and I met with a a mutual friend, Dave O'Brien. Yes, who's male, by the way, correct? Like we met through a male. Yeah. Yeah. And I would strongly say that he's an ally and and prides himself on being an ally of women. And, you know, honestly, if he was sitting at that table, I'm not sure he would have noticed it either to be a hundred percent clear. Like I think the way he would have, Dave, but w- that would be an interesting test. <laughs> it, would, it would, right? So Dave introduced us and what he did was he talked positively about me to you. Yes. And first thing you did was that, oh, Dave had such wonderful things to say about you. And I think that matters so much. It matters when men do it to women, when women do it to men, but it really matters, I think. I think it's just an easy, great thing to do for women to other women. Well, and you know, even going one step further, I was in this workshop the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yes. One of the women was saying she knew a group of men who were very high up in business and they all had a pact that not only would they support, encourage, and help promote each other, that they would do that for their children coming up through the ranks. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this idea that as women, let's not just support one another. How can we generationally change this discussion and the way these things are going? No kidding, right? Isn't that such a strong thought? I was like, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about empowering women currently, but how can we empower the women coming up behind us? Well, let's, let's shift a bit. Your mom, you also have been extremely, extremely successful in your career. And now you are the principal of your own consultancy. How do you make it all work? Part of this is like, how do we even do this? Right. (laughs) How do we get everything accomplished? 
Well, I will tell you. So it's a tough question. I don't think anybody has ever had it all. I've been looking around for my whole career. My kids are now 17 and 20. So they are extraordinarily independent. And now's the easy part, right? The hard part was when I was, when my kids were younger. Fortunately, I had, like I said, I had a stay at home husband at the time, which was very, very helpful. Yeah. It was helpful in that he took care of them during the day. And when I traveled, so my whole career was spent working for companies and organizations, and I did a lot of traveling and that's really hard to do. It's not as hard to just work day to day because of daycare and stuff that you can do, but when you have to travel, that's really a hard, that's really a hard thing. He was very helpful. And I'm very grateful to that, that I've been able to do that. Now that my kids are old enough, six years ago, five and a half years ago, I went into business with my business partner. We created Medias Advisory Group. And that created a lot more flexibility for me in some ways Mm -hmm. and a lot less in some ways, right? Like when you're working for yourself, if you're not working, you're not making money. So you've got to really do a lot of work. And, you know, if you're traveling, you have to go when the offsite is or when the whatever thing is. So it created less flexibility that way. But I have yet to find a woman who didn't have a stay-at-home dad or have enough money to have a full-time nanny. Yes. Or have kill kids at all. Because the some, ones some that are- a support kill- system needed to be in place, correct? To make them successful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, right? Yeah. So I just, you know, I, I remember being younger and looking at some of these role model women and thinking to myself, I just don't, I still haven't found one. I still haven't found- right a role model, high level, very senior executive woman that didn't have full-time home support, right? I, yes. I, or didn't have kids. The so, reason is that that person does not exist. <laughs> still, even today, still. And I, but I do think like, there's been a lot of women that I, I was talking to someone else about this too, interestingly enough. I think we needed to also get over feeling bad about needing help and needing that support because the truth is we are where we are today because we had that support. So I do think it's so dangerous. Listen up listeners. It's so dangerous to think you can do it all and do it perfectly well across the board. That is not true. And anyone who tells you they're able to do that is lying straight out lying. And men, men have the help. Well, men have the the women at home. (laughs) That's what I mean. Right. So they, so they don't have to ask for the help. Like women have to ask for the help necessarily. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. And that is, there's so many things that you said about like unconscious bias and that as well. I will say the other interesting thing is a lot of the women I walk, I talk to who are super successful have stay at home husbands, just like you do. And I've tried to get a show together with a panel about like the power of stay at home husbands. None of them have wanted to come on it because it's too embarrassing for their husbands. So this whole unconscious bias thing is it it pervades a lot of different areas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to have a panel of the stay-at-home dad yes. because my husband will tell you stories about when he was, you know, when my kids were little and he would bring them during the day to the pool and he he couldn't integrate with the stay-at-home moms. Like, yes. You know what? That's so true. All of the like mom play dates with the wine afternoons and stuff that the dads were not even a part of. That's so true. Ah, or they, I don't know. They, we may have to do like a Father's Day special on that little number. Good, <laughs> that is a good idea. Well, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much. If, if people have ways, if they want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So my email address is Alicia 
at mediasadvisorygroup.com or just www.mediasadvisorygroup.com. And, and we'll also have my- that in the show notes as well. So if you caught that and you weren't able to note it down, look at the show notes at the bottom of this episode for those links. Alicia, thank you. It's always such a pleasure talking to you. Oh my God, it's so, so fun. I can't wait to do some more work together with you, Lori. Same, we have big things coming. So wait for the good stuff, listeners. <laughs> Thanks again, Alicia. All righty. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you.